0: Every Thursday, I'll be your host of Give Grief the Finger. I'm Jay Lewis III. I interview everyday people that have chosen to transform and repurpose their grief. In essence, give grief the finger. And at the same time, find a better version of themselves. Learn to take grief's negative energy and use it. Your advantage. My guest is Michelle Hart, a life coach and Navy veteran turned grief consultant. After enduring challenges that included molestation, rape, alcoholism, and witnessing the murder of her father, Michelle now uses her experiences as fuel to help others suffering from grief to find their hidden potential. Please, welcome to The Finger, Michelle Harton.
1: Thank you, thank you so very much. Thank you for allowing um, me to be here on your platform. I love just everything about this platform and thank you for the introduction.
0: Tell the us about your background, things like where you're from and why did you even start your business? Michelle's Life Coach.
1: Um, well, I'm from a small town in California, that's where I was born and raised so small and so unexpected I was as a bundle of joy. My mother really was not trying to have any more children. She got her tubes tied, she did everything possible, and because she was not prepared for me, I was born in the bathroom in a small town called California City. Um, I kind of joke about that because that literally is kind of how my life took off from there. I went from the bathroom and then I think I found myself crying on the bathroom floor. And that's when I said, I cannot deal with this anymore. And I started my healing journey. Uh, we mentioned that my father was killed. Yes, my mother um, killed my father in self-defense when I was young, before the age of one. And my I call that the foundation of everything I, w- I had to go through in my grieving process because I never was actually allowed to grieve and or talk about my father really, and I never really learned the circumstances around his death until more recently. And when I say recently, I mean about two years ago, recently. I didn't know how to express, how to heal, and I didn't really know anything about connecting with myself. I was raised in the household of, you know, um, children are to be seen and not heard. My grandmother was really, really strong in that aspect. So I remember when my grandmother would have visitors in her home, I would have to stand on the side of the hall and stick my nose out just to be acknowledged. And if I wasn't acknowledged, then of course I didn't even get any water. You know, we were just not valued in the household. And then um, my mother was the same way. I, if I spoke my emotions, if it was deemed disrespectful. I got popped in the mouth. So I, I really got conditioned to not talk about how I felt. And so that translated to not being heard when things happened. When I was younger, um, I was molested by family friends, by strangers, um, and I never spoke about it because I didn't think that I could. My parents, my mom got remarried after my father passed away and the household was very toxic. There were alcoholics, um, there was a lot of abuse. I really didn't think it was safe to even talk about what I felt, what I was going through. And I developed a lot of self-soothing mechanisms when I was younger. Like I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of younger um, children like cut themselves. So I didn't cut myself, but as a child that's five years old, I would bite my arm because I would want to say, how I felt, I'd wanna express my anger, but I couldn't. So I would be in the room, biting my little arm and just trying to um, just play it safe, right? That really was the foundation to everything. After I went to high school, I, of course, you know, had a lot of struggles with high school. I lost one of my dear friends in a car accident when I was babysitting her children. That, um, on top of what I already personally experienced with losing my father, not being able to talk about it, being molested as a child, losing a dear friend, it created now another layer of phobia to me. Like, I didn't want to be in cars, I couldn't leave the home. Like, when people left, I would be so nervous about where are they going, what are they doing? and um, I started to self-medicate. That was the first time I started drinking. I was in high school. When I first started drinking and smoking, it just spiraled from there. I, I wasn't really a good academic student. I was in theater, I was a great performer, but that wasn't gonna carry me on to a college, you college know, opportunity because I didn't have the grades. So I remember, um, my senior year, I had a little bit of trouble in the household my senior year with my stepfather's, I knew that I, I needed something, I needed to change. I knew it wasn't going to be college. I really didn't work that, what, like I didn't have a job. Um, so I joined the Navy. I got on a bus, went to the next town over without anyone even knowing. I went to the recruiting office. I signed up for the military. I came home and I said, I joined the Navy. My mom was like in disbelief. It was my ticket out. I I was naturally looking back, it was the best decision I ever made. (laughs) It was my ticket out. I joined the Navy I was on for the Abraham Lincoln. That's when the next chapter of rough experiences happened that molded me to create this, um, the company that I have now. I was um, raped in the military. I had to face a lot of racism I grew up in a predominantly white community, but even in that predominantly white community, I didn't level, I didn't experience the level of racism that I felt until I got into the military. And then I had to learn how to quickly um, adapt, how to make sure that what I wanted for myself didn't get lost in what was happening around me. I got pregnant my last year in the military. I had my first son. When I got out of the military, that's when I started really having a lot of issues with depression. I was that transition from military to civilian was really really hard for me. That was the first time that I was put on some antidepressants. You know, it's like, hey, here's some some medication. We see that you have high blood pressure. You know, the typical stereotypical things that happens that that's like you have high blood pressure. Your my weight was great then. <laughs> But I, that was the first time that I, I kind of thought about, you know, this is really difficult. I, the financial aspect is really different. The money that I made in the military, being a single mom was a lot different than being out and about and being a civilian. And the military does not do a really good transition from military to civilian as a lot of people think. And it's kind of like, thank you for your service. Here's your paperwork. Here's a couple of pamphlets if you need help call these numbers but other than that I kick you out you get the boot and we'll send you back home to where you joined i had a rough rough time because i could barely afford diapers for my children and you know paying for christmas was like not the question buying food for the household it was tough and like i said i was sitting there and was like, man maybe my kid's not um <laughs> better off with me like maybe i should give my kids to my mom or my kids to my mom um, and I had a real rough time and I, I I remember I was laying there and I was just like okay God you're going to have to help me out here because I, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment you know God didn't answer me then <laughs> he was like
0: <laughs> you know what
1: four years
0: what's interesting <laughs> about everything is that sometimes you go through that period where you're calling out for help and God knows but he's sitting there like, nah, I'm gonna wait for a minute, you know, yeah, right, right with just my grace is sufficient, throwing the inside, Paul type of thing, you know. But let me ask you this, um, you recently appeared on the second annual Global Grief Conference virtually. Please talk about that experience.
1: Um, you know, this was actually my second year um, presenting at the Global Grief Network um, Convention. And one of the things that I talked about um, is really focusing on something that I thought about. I, I often heard the phrase, you know, um, healing is hard. And when I was reflecting on my journey with healing, and I was like, you know, healing isn't hard. You know, I started thinking about what is hard in life and what is hard along the journey of healing. and I I did a presentation about that, talking about what's hard is actually going through the experience, you know, I referenced my father was killed, going through that experience and the impact of that experience is what's hard and harder. But um, living life after you have experienced a loss and whatever that loss may be, I talk more about trauma, some of the awareness that we have and maybe some of the hidden subconscious reactions to trauma that we don't even realize but ultimately trying to adapt to this life after the loss that we experience that is harder but one of the hardest things is just having that courage to say you know what I'm fucking done right that came from me like I was um, it, it was really that moment I was I remember like it was yesterday I was like three sheets to the wind I never really talked about my feelings. And I called up a friend, and you want to talk about trauma dumping. I was like, L-l-l-l-l! and I was telling her everything. And this was someone who was a friend of my mother's and had seen a lot of the things that I went through from a child to where I where I was then. And the what she said, like four words to me, she said, or two words to me, she said, you're right. And it was the first time that someone had just valued the fact that I was so hurt. I, I needed someone to talk to. That all of these things happened to me, and there is impact in my life. And what I was feeling was valid. And it was that release and that that ability for me to say, yeah, you are right. I am right." And that is what, because we need that sometimes. Some even though it seems so simple, but when you're in that pit and when you're going through it. It's hard to really, and that was me. It was hard for me to pull myself up and say,
0: no. The validation part that's the one thing that when people are going through like grief or whatever having, they don't feel that. They may get some sympathy, but over time, you know, you got to deal with the situation. Even intense therapy sometimes doesn't give you what you need. Some therapists or doctors may just want to just medicate you and now have you feeling no yeah that's a whole different thing but (laughs) what is it that you talk to your clients about when it comes to grief coaching do you have like a blanket approach or is it more or less a one-on-one when you deal with the client type of type of situation everything's personal and based on whatever they've gone through is that well
1: i i've actually have developed this program um because of the coaching that i've done i've done one-on-one coaching i've done group coaching and so i um took two of the my my strongest suits and i have an amazing 90-day program that i was already running one-on-one and i was a corporate group coach for a corporate um wellness company and so I took a lot of that knowledge and experience and I created a hybrid grief coaching um, program that I call generational wealth or generational trauma to generational wealth and it is really a full service type of program because I specialize in both um, life and health that encompassing in this 12-week program so it's one of the things that I will take my clients through is one they go through and really look at the loss that they've experienced and then they identify for themselves what they lost in that moment. And sometimes we don't sit back and actually think about how this event affected us. Sometimes we think about how it affects others, how it may affect our loved ones, how do we need to stand up, how do we need to approach, because normally we're in that you know action mode. And so this really helps my clients step back and ask themselves and go inward and say, how did this affect me? Because the goal is to start breaking down these walls, start opening up these doors and taking back what we tried to lock away because we want what we lost. We don't want the experience.
0: (laughs) Let me ask you this. When you're dealing with a client who is just severely stuck in their story, it's to a point where they feel like they're the only person in the world who's experienced such a challenge. What are some of the things that you do to be able to let them know? A, you're not the only one. B, you can walk through this. And C, the challenge, the tragedy that you've gone through actually can bring you to that better version of you. You just have to think positively.
1: I I did something early, early on when I was younger. I um, recognized when I was going through a lot of my traumatic experiences, when I got through them, I realized that God delivered me through them. I didn't just, I wasn't just there. And when I acknowledged that and I looked at everything that I went through, I, I don't like being a hypocrite. So I was really thankful and I had a lot of experiences that allows me to be really empathetic with others. I often joke, you know, I didn't choose to work in grief. It chose me. My story has been so crazy that I have been able to fortunately to be blessed, I guess you can say, to have a lot of parallel experiences in this area of trauma and grief. It's not a beautiful thing to say, but that's how I'm able to build my business the way that I have been able to, because I've walked in a lot of my clients' footsteps. If I have not walked in the exact same situation, it's been pretty similar. And I've just been the type of person that has been able to have empathy and sympathy for other people's um, um, situations. And I'm really, I, I genuinely always love to see people win, and I'm really good at listening to people. And even when you feel that the world is against you and there is nothing to be proud of or nothing to say, this is a win, I will always find a win in someone's story and just reframe it so they can see that even though you feel the back, your back is against the wall, there is still something to be proud of. And that's just a gift that I have. And it has really been a great addition to this business, I think, that I'm
0: able to do. That's a great gift to have because there are some that they're so stuck that it's extremely difficult for them to actually get out of their own head. What are some of the things that you may do for them to kind of help them to move forward? I mean, especially once they've recognized that, like I said, they're not the only person. They now know they have to work on giving to a better version of them.
1: You know, um, I, I was working with someone, one of my greatest mentors, and he told me, "You know, Michelle, the best way to be the, a great coach is read the books that your clients aren't going to read that you know is going to help them." I, I took that and I ran with it. So I pride myself in doing just that. So when you're coming to me, we're, I'm going to—you'll probably do things you never heard of. But that's because I have been educating myself behind the scenes to make sure that you're gonna be vibrating in a different, at a higher vibration that's gonna be geared towards your healing. You know, we're gonna go towards that root chakra. When you have trauma, it is your root chakra that is blocked. So we're gonna be diving deep into that. So it is a lot of things going on because I've taken that time to do that education because honestly, when you're in my course, I don't ever ask someone to do something that I haven't done. It's just, that's just how I am. So I've done my course myself three times because I've written it, I've done it, and I've done it again. I keep on adding to it because I'm learning so much more. I'm like, oh, you know, that is the difference. It's because I'm reading the books. I'm doing the education. I'm making sure that this is the highest quality that I can give you because I give my clients to
0: what is the next phase for Michelle's life coaching?
1: I'm going back and writing a new program. <laughs> so we're going to have the second program because you're right. Because things, you continue to grow. So my first program, um, the three-week program, is focused on understanding, validating, and the beginning phases of getting some clarity. And the second program is going to be all about clarity. I'm working already, getting that going, clarity learning who you are so you can walk with your authentic self so i'm excited so we're back to the drawing board
0: <laughs> it's a never-ending quest. <laughs> no now how can people get in touch with you say you want to do the one-on-one or the program how can they get in touch with you
1: yeah so um you can always find me on tiktok i'm always there i um, at the real purple michelle and then um you can find me on instagram i I'm always looking at my DMs at Michelle Houghton. And then my website will be um, www.michellehoughton.com. You can always have a, um, I do what I call an encouragement call. So it doesn't cost you anything to sit with me. And one I want to make sure that my program is right for you. Um, my personality is right for you and what you know we can always have a encouragement call and then we have launches for the program because it is a cohort it's not pre-recorded we are doing it live so um it's amazing that's where you can find me so TikTok, Instagram and my website
0: Michelle thank you for taking just a few minutes thank you for having me look this show is all about how People can use the, the negative situation that they've gone through and refuel it, transform it to be able to create fuel to move them forward. And you've done that. So, Thank again, you. I appreciate everything. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 11 Grief's Gifts, featuring Michelle Harden. New episodes air every Thursday. Next week, I'll be talking to you about finding your origin story. Hear Michelle's interview and others by going to your favorite podcast platforms. Better yet, go to my website, jl3motivation.com. There, you can read my latest blogs on transforming your grief and use it as fuel to move you forward. Let's work with each other one-on-one This way, we can find out how to unlock your unlimited potential. And remember, grief is energy that you can transform and repurpose to discover a better version of yourself.